0: roto grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports the morning grind stevie tpfl and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's dfs slate without further ado here's your host Stephen young Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is Monday, it is April 8th, 2019, and we're here to talk about the 8-game MLB slate for tonight. First real baseball podcast of the season. You know, we've, We did a couple smaller slates and broke down a, a few of those, but... Excited to talk some baseball here. We'll be talking basketball tomorrow and Wednesday. Um, and, and then we pick up baseball on Thursday and run until the end of baseball season. So I'm excited to be talking baseball each and every day. But uh, two more days of basketball and um, see how it's going to shake out for that. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you head on over to fantasydraft.com, They're the sponsor of the podcast. Appreciate everything they do for the podcast. Uh, make sure you sign up through the Roto-Grinders links so we get access to any cool promos that we do run with Fantasy Draft. You can sign up at uh, the Roto-Grinders. Just go up top there and, and click and um, you know, check out all the sites that we have um, stuff going on here with Roto-Grinders. So I'm um, not going to spend too much time introing. And i uh, just going to get into this slate. Like I said, we have eight games on the main slate here. We start with Oakland at Baltimore. We have uh, Marco Estrada against Andrew Kashner. Great way to start the slate off. Um, Marco Estrada is a, a 118 favorite here. This game has a 9.5 total. Um, Vegas expecting quite a bit of runs. Uh, starting here with... Um, Marco Estrada, I don't really think this is a spot that I would pitch Estrada. He's looked terrible this season. He has had very little strikeouts. I think this is a spot that Baltimore could score some runs and could be a, a team that is potentially some value. Um, Estrada, a, a guy, even if we look back at last season, he, he struggled with power against lefties and righties, so it's, it's up and down. Um, this whole lineup is interesting it's just going to really depend on pricing um so just kind of we'll talk about hitters here in a second uh and then Castro on the other side of this game you know he's a guy that was awful last year uh he's limited the damage against lefties a little bit this season but it's just a matter of time his hard contact is through the roof he's given up a ton of fly balls so this could be the spot that a team finally puts a lot of runs on him and um We'll we'll just go right into the Oakland bats. Um, when we're looking at picking on Kashner, we like big-time power bats, lefties or righties. And we're really going to get that with this Oakland lineup. You know, we have Chapman, Piscotti, Chris Davis. You know, technically we can, you know, put Profar there as well because at his position he has good power. Morales um, is another guy that's okay. But we like to pick on Kashner with power bats really only using two pitches so far this season against lefties that fastball and that changeup i think this is a spot that you know the lefties morales and grossman are okay plays but really the power bats here are where i'm going to be attacking oakland they're a team that's really interesting when we're looking at you know pivoting off of course uh, they're not cheap but the, you know they're certainly a team that can score a bunch of runs Profar at 4,300 at second base is certainly interesting. Uh, Chris Davis, he's really expensive, but he has a ton of upside here. And then Oakland going into Baltimore, they're the visiting team, so you're going to get nine innings of at-bats from this team. Grossman probably going to be pretty popular here at 4K. Uh, We're not seeing a ton of value just throughout the season so far. So I I do like the Oakland stack. I think you can use pieces of this team – but I do think they're one of the best stacks when you're not looking at um, course Field here just because of how bad Kashner has been. Um, looking at the other side, the Baltimore side of things, you know, a team that, if you look at this lineup, it's kind of ugly, but there's been two, two pieces of this team that's been really good, and that's Trey Mancini and Jonathan Villar. Uh, I think both these guys are, are definitely in play here against Marco Estrada. He doesn't strike anybody out gives up a lot of power to righties um you know even if we look back at last year 396 wova 258 iso um to right-handed bats so really like this spot for mancini i think he stays hot here and um marco Estrada, really a guy that uses two pitches as well fastball change up throws his curveball a little bit but not a lot so this is a spot that mancini hits fastballs really well we know that and um he's above average on change-ups so even though he's pretty expensive here on the slate, I, I do think he's somebody um, we can look at. He's not as expensive as some of the other bats here. You know, 4200 I think that's a really, really good price on Mancini. Jonathan VR his price is a little bit more at 4500 I don't hate it. Um, really, like I said, we're not getting a ton of value, you know, to start this season off. Up next, we got Washington at Philadelphia. We have Annibal Sanchez against Vincent Velasquez. It's a nine total, and Philly and Vincent Velasquez is a 132 favorite here. A small favorite, but still a favorite. Uh, let's start with the Washington side of things. Looking at the pitching here, you know Annibal Sanchez is is a guy that don't really love Sanchez, but he doesn't typically get blown up. Um, so it's just not a spot that I would play Sanchez. I don't think he really has a lot of upside, even though his strikeout rate has, you know, been pretty decent. If we look back at last year, you know, in his first start, he just, he didn't look good at all. Um, so that start kind of tells me that he's going to get a lineup here. That's really stacked. You know, if you look at the Philly lineup, Harper, Hoskins, Ramuto, even Segura and McCutcheon, um, it's going to take a lot for, and and really solid pitchers to pick on this Philadelphia lineup this season. I just don't think Anibal Sanchez is a guy that I want to do that with. Um, Vincent Velasquez is really just going to depend on the lineup that we see tomorrow. Vincent Velasquez is a guy that is awful against lefties, and he's really, really good against righties. So if we get this lineup rolling out and Eaton and Soto are the only two lefties, I think you could potentially look at Velasquez as a tournament play. Upside, still kind of limited. You know, you look at this Washington team, they don't strike out a lot. But um, Vincent gets 28.7% strikeout rate against righties last season, which gives him a lot of upside here at 8,400. Looking for that uh, cheaper pitcher, you know, he pitched against Washington in his first outing of the season. Um, if, if we can call that, you know, it was a bullpen you know, one inning kind of relief thing. Um, I am a little worried about, like, his pitch count here. Um, You know, it was just one of those things where they didn't need that extra pitcher. Um, But I do think that he's going to be okay. He had an extended bullpen after throwing, you know, the inning against this team against Washington the other day. So I like Velasquez's upside. If we get a really right-handed heavy lineup here – for Washington. Um, Bats here, we'll start with the Washington side. Um, You know, Eaton and Soto. Soto's a a a a phenomenal tournament play here. Like I said, Velasquez, 381 Woba, 241 ISO against lefties last season. A lot of hard contact, a lot of fly balls. Um, This is a spot that Soto is, you know, certainly a guy that has a ton of upside. Now, the only thing is, like, you're going to pay for that upside. He's 4,800. You're not getting him cheap. Adam Eaton, you know, he's a guy that is potentially a value play at 4K, um, you know, batting leadoff here against Velasquez. The only problem with Eaton is, you know, even last year, he didn't show a ton of power against lefties. Um, but he does hit fastball as well. Vince Velasquez throws his fastball about 50% of the time to lefties. So certainly could see the upside here for Eaton. He doesn't strike out. He walks a lot, which kind of stinks um, when you're looking for upside. But um, don't mind Eaton here. Not really going to play anybody else. I don't mind Rendon usually, but not a spot that I'm going to typically target him. Um, Vince Velasquez just—he's really, really good against righties, and I don't want to attack that at Rendon's price. You know, Philly here against Sanchez—if um, if his first start was any indication of how this one's going to go, you know, this is a tough spot for him. You know, four four innings and four earned runs against this team. Um, Less than less than seven days ago. So, you know, his first start of the season against this team was really bad. This game's in Philadelphia. Really good hitters ballpark. Uh, so I think that you could look at a Philly stack here. You know, Bryce Harper, Hoskins, Ramuto, Sangura, McCutcheon. The top five makes it really strong. Hate paying up a catcher. So if you don't want to pay up a catcher, Ramuto at forty five hundred, which is a really tough ask for a catcher. I think you could play Herrera. He's only 4100. You can kind of skip over Romuto in the five spot, play the six spot, and be a little different with your stack. But you're going to be paying up for all these guys. They're all really expensive. Um, you know, like Oakland, they're a nice way to pivot off of cores, especially in this ballpark. Uh, depending on what the weather looks like, if it's warmer, um, you know, we're starting to get where we might see games in the in the mid 70s, maybe upper 70s, and instead of like the 60s the first week or so of the season. So Moving on, New York at Houston. This is a really good baseball game. We got um, Tanaka against Verlander. Verlander's a one fifty-five favorite in the seven and a half total. Uh, both these pitchers really solid here. You know, when we're looking at the slate, they're two of the highest-priced pitchers on the slate. Starting with Tanaka, we know Houston can can go out and put up a lot of runs. Um, Tanaka is a guy that. He's gotten hit a little bit to start the season. He hasn't given up a lot of runs, but, you know, Baviv has definitely been on his side. So I don't know necessarily if I would play Tanaka here. I do think he is an interesting tournament pivot um, off of maybe some of the chalkier options. Um, You know, everything kind of lines up with what we've seen from him the past few years, limiting the power, using those three pitches, you know, fastball, slider, splitter to really keep batters off of, um, just keep them off balance. And, you know, his hard-to-soft contact ratio against lefties this season is just phenomenal. But the thing here is, you know, he's going to face a lot of righties. And, you know, his strikeout rate is higher to righties. He's yet to walk a hitter um, this season. So he's been getting a lot of ground balls using the splitter. Um, I don't hate Tanaka for tournaments. Um, And the same can be said for Verlander. Really good first start. Got Sheldon a second start. Um, you know, he's one of the highest-priced pitchers on the slate. When we look at the slate, you know, a lot of people are going to be paying up for hitters on the slate uh, with, you know, three, four, five good offenses and good spots here. So I think Verlander could potentially go over or under-owned in tournaments. I think he'll be your chalkier cash game pitcher, um, you know, on FanDuel and DraftKings. <laughs> You know, the Yankees lineup, very good lineup. Uh, Even with the injuries, you know, we saw on Sunday what they can do. They can put up a lot of runs and a lot of runs fast. So I don't want to technically overreact to that, though, because when we look at this Yankees lineup, you know, Gardner and Bird, really the only lefties, you know, Wade's down there in the bottom of the order, but he's just terrible. Um, So Verlander has been very good against righties for years now. So this is a spot that... (coughs) If we see Verlander start to go overlooked here, he has a 30 plus pro, 30% 30 plus strikeout rate against righties um, now going over a season and a half or a season and a quarter. So I do think Verlander is really interesting in tournaments if this Yankees lineup is you know, the right-handed heavy lineup with only Gardner and Bird. Gardner not a big home run guy, Bird a guy that strikes out over 25% of the time, so Verlander has a lot of upside here, um, and like I said, he's probably likely going to be your your cash game SP one here um, if you don't want to you know pay down at pitching here. Uh, as far as the bats go, I really don't see myself using any Yankees here. They're really expensive, you know. Uh, nothing as far as the Yankees bats are standing out to me outside of maybe like Luke Voit. Uh, he's four K. You know, Gardner is really cheap, but like I said, he just doesn't have a ton of upside. You know, Greg Bird, 3700 is okay, but I don't want to pick on Verlander. And the same could be said for Tanaka here. I don't really want to pick on Tanaka. You know, he uses that splitter a lot, and it's very effective. Um, you know, it's been effective for years now. He'll get blown up every once in a while. And, you know, you can always pull up and see how, you know, this team does against splitters. And we look at it in Jose Altuve and Bregman above average. Uh, But really everybody else kind of struggles um, in the small sample size that they've seen splitters. So this team hasn't even seen a lot of splitters. So that that could help Tanaka as well. And, And, you know, Houston, a team that's, you know, not they don't have a ton of power against sliders either. So really the two pitches that Tanaka uses to keep guys off balance is the two pitches that the Houston Astros batters, uh, the projected lineup anyway, kind of struggle with. So Tanaka could be a little bit more interesting than I originally thought, um, just kind of looking at the pitch type data here. So really don't want to play any of the Houston bats um, outside of just a contrarian stack. That's really all I would do with them. Uh, Moving on, we got the Dodgers at St. Louis. Dodgers a slight favor here at 103, um, pretty much a pick Eight total, uh, Ryu against Mikolas. Um, You know, tough game here for the Dodgers. They played Sunday Night Baseball, and now they're traveling overnight to St. Louis. Um, So this is a tough one for them. Uh, I don't really know. I I would guess Ryu has been there for a couple days, um, so... I'm not too worried about playing him in this spot, if you want to go that route. Um, looked really, really good in his first start. Um, I played him in that start you know, against Arizona. And then he didn't look too bad against San Francisco, but he struggled a little bit, more than I had wanted. Um, But you know what you're going to get from him. You're not going to get more than 100 pitches. He's expensive. The St. Louis lineup has a lot of righties, um, which I don't think hurts him technically because he does have a bigger strikeout rate against righties. If we look back to last year, gives up more hard contact to righties, um, but gets enough soft contact. And you know, he's a guy when you're looking at just the data here. Anytime you're you're looking at potentially playing hitters or playing him, you got to see how teams do against cutters because he uses his cutter about thirty percent of the time. That's how he. Gets a lot of ground balls. And just kind of looking at this St. Louis team, Goldschmidt's good against uh, cutters. Um, but outside of that, you know, this is a team that has kind of struggled with with cutters as far as average, but they've hit hit them with power. A lot of hard contact against cutters. So a lot of strikeout rate, a lot of high whiff rates um, here from Carpenter and DeJong, um, Fowler. So... I don't hate Ryu. You know, you kind of know the risk of going in. You know, you're not going to get over a hundred pitches. You're you might not even get over ninety pitches here. So, tough ask at ninety six hundred. Miles Mikolas, man, a guy that I liked a lot last season and and was really in a great spot against Pittsburgh last time out. He had a really good umpire, and just he just struggled. He is just struggling to find the zone. A lot of four home runs in the first two games. Um, facing a Dodgers team that's just crushing everything they're seeing right now. So for me, I think Miles Mikolas is a guy that I'm going to stay away from. If he pitches well here, it wouldn't shock me. Um, but just looking at this Dodgers lineup, really, really good lineup, up and down. Um, I, I know it's a game where, like I said, they play Sunday night and they have to travel here. But I think they're going to be okay. Uh, looking at the Dodgers bats, the guys that I would play here, you know, Peterson, Seeger, Bellinger. Bellinger is the hottest hitter in baseball to start the season, maybe outside of Mike Trout. Um, they're both really hot. Muncie should be in the lineup. Depend, you know, it really, they've been ro- rotating lefties and righties. Um, so I, I think that Pollock is a guy that I would probably stay away from here. And I think I'd stay away from Turner, too, just because of how big of ground ball guy Miles um, Mikolas is. And we know, you know, the, Justin Turner is a guy that hasn't really shown a ton of power as far as the rest of this team is going. So he might be the one guy that I kind of stay away from, um, just kind of load up on the lefties here. Peterson, really good price tag at 4200 I think he has a lot of upside at that price. And then Max Muncy at 4300 um, Probably my two favorite plays from this team. Not going to count out Corey Seager at 41 So Dodgers coming in a little bit of a discount coming off of the games in um, Coors Field. So the St. Louis side of things, um, like I said, the, you know, outside of Goldie, um, I don't see a lot of upside here. So um, – I could see playing Goldie. I think he has some upside. Ozuna, a guy that's hit lefties really well throughout his career. Um, The only thing that I have issues with Ozuna here is he's a massive ground ball hitter and facing a ground ball pitcher. So see a lot of ground balls here that usually doesn't translate well. So um, Paul DeJong, if you want to play him, as a tournament contrarian play, he's a massive flyball guy. Um, you know, usually fly ball hitters against ground ball pitchers is a thing. Seattle at Kansas City taking on the Royals. It's a nine and a half total here. Seattle is a slight favorite at 107. We got Felix Hernandez against Homer Bailey. This should be a game that should score some runs. Um, you know, looking at Felix Hernandez here. I don't like Hernandez. I don't really think I used him at all last season either um you know his velocity last season was you know down to about 89 and uh that's right at right where it was the first start just kind of embraced his velocity and, and just throwing like a sinking fastball at this point point. <coughs> and we'll talk about that when we get to the hitters um i think there are some really sneaky hitters when it comes to the kansas city bats here um as far as Homer Bailey goes, Seattle one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. Don't think I can play Homer Bailey, you know, even though he didn't look too bad in his first start. Still a guy that has struggled against righties um you know for a good portion of his career. A lot of a lot of power to lefties last season as well, so Seattle a team that I think we can look at here and just kind of move into the bats. Um we'll start with Seattle. You know, you're not paying cores prices for these guys. Um, you know, Malik Smith, who's been hitting leadoff, who's having a really strong start to the season. He's like 43. Hanager is the most expensive here at 46. Um, nobody really standing out as far as price goes. Jay Bruce is off to a really strong start to the season. He's 10-8. <coughs> um, coming off of a two-home run game on Saturday they gave him the day off on Sunday. So, even though his average is way down, Jay Bruce is a guy that you can look at in tournaments. He has 5 home runs already this season. So, I, I think that we're looking at the lefty power bats here, you know, with Jay Bruce, you've been playing Navarre as a catcher. Um, you know, if he's in the lineup, he's 3600. And then I don't mind Haniger, Santana, E5, you know, looking at that first starts For Homer Bailey, he's certainly somebody I think we can look at power bats against. Vogelbach would be interesting if he gets to start. Um, Yeah, big power lefty. He has seven hits over the last uh, three games, so um, he would be a guy that I would certainly look at if he cracks the lineup. Uh, The other side of this game, the Kansas City side. One of my favorite plays on this slate is Ryan O'Hearn. You know, just since ever since he got called up last season, he's just been really, really good against sinkers. With Felix kind of living and dying by this sinking fastball, I think O'Hearn's a guy that is very interesting. His average exit velocity was over 94 miles an hour against sinkers last season. So um, like O'Hearn, I don't mind Mondesi here. Alex Gordon is in play as well. Just because we're looking at the prices on these guys. O'Hearn is 3900, Alex Gordon is 3700. Um, you know, you can fit in some of these cheap Kansas City bats to build your um uh, maybe cash game lineups. Mondesi 4800. That's a tough ask, uh but Mondesi has massive upside. He can go out any night and put up 25 plus fantasy points just because of his speed. Um so I like Mondesi for tournaments just to be different, but I think you're going to need home runs today, and I don't know if Mondesi is necessarily the guy that's going to get you home runs here. You're going to need home runs because of this next game. It is Atlanta at Colorado. Rockies are a 125 favorite in this 10.5 total. Massive total here. We're going to get a lot of runs in this game, I would suspect. Um... As far as the pitchers go, Julio Tehran, not a guy that I typically like to play um, when he's not in an extreme pitcher's ballpark. You can take shots on him there, but high walk rates. Um, he's a guy that throws a slider and has that, a little bit of a sinking fastball that probably won't have a lot of movement here at cores. The slider will be okay. So... The lefties here in Blackman, we'll have to see if Doll's in the lineup after leaving the game on Sunday. You know, we could potentially see a cheaper bat here for Colorado if that's even a thing. Uh, with Tapia at forty six hundred, cheaper than cheaper than David Dahl, I would guess. But we'll have to see if he's in the lineup. You know, he's not cheap, but you know, Blackman probably one of the best hitters on the slate. I know he's off to a slow start this season, but he's coming off of a really good game on Sunday. Maybe that's the momentum that he needed. To get going here, so like Blackman and, and you know even like Story Aronado uh, are certainly in play here. They're just really expensive, but you know it's course. You could play all these guys if you want to, but I really want to focus on the lefties. You know even though how bad Julio Tehran is, he's still really decent against left or righties. So I want to play the lefties. Um, Kyle Freeland. You know. I absolutely love to stack Atlanta against lefties, and Freeland's not a bad pitcher by any means. I think Freeland really exceeded expectations last season, and he's pitched really solid to start the season. He had 10 strikeouts against Tampa, looked okay against Miami in the opening day, but I really think I could go out and look okay against Miami. That lineup's terrible. So... Freeland coming back to Coors here be his first start at Coors this season. Faces a team that just is so good against lefties. Um, and we'll talk about that here. Like Albies, Albies, Donaldson, Freeman, Acuna, Camargo, Flowers, all had ISOs over 200 against left-handed pitching last season. And they all had Wobas over 350. Um, this team is very good against lefties. Atlanta is your top stack on the slate. You know, it, they're they're very expensive it's gonna be really hard to make it work. But if you're looking to stack a team up here, you know, they're obviously the top stack. If Camargo cracks the lineup, he's forty five really like the price on him. Dansby Swanson, if he cracks the lineup, he's forty three hundred. I really like the price on him. Um Flowers, I know he's banged up a little bit right now. You know, he's dealing with a hand injury, so you'll have to kind of see who they catch. It would probably be McCann. Um but not Brian McCann. McCann went on the DL. It would probably be Jackson. Um, he got called back up. He's 3,700. He could be your cheap catcher here. Um, not a great hitter. But, again, um, this is a spot that with McCann on the D, the DL and Flowers banged up with the hand getting hit by 100-mile-an-hour fastball or 98-mile-an-hour fastball, uh, you could look at Jackson as a potential catcher here just in cores, Cheaper than what we would typically play pay for a course catcher, um, him or Walters, both under 4K. So yeah, any of these bats, you know, I don't want to spend a ton of time on cores. Any of these bats are, you know, certainly fine. It's course field. Up next, we got San Diego at San Francisco. San Francisco is a 125 favorite in the seven total. Eric Lauer against Madison Bumgarner, one of the best. One of the best spots on this slate, I think, is Eric Lauer. Um, He's one of my favorite pitchers on this slate. I think he's certainly a guy you're looking at as your SP2 here. Um, San Francisco is a team that is going to struggle this season against left-handed pitching. Um, This lineup is just not made to face left-handed pitching. Evan Longoria had a 206 ISO against lefties last season, uh, but really the only guy that hit lefties well last year was Longoria. Posey hit him well, just no power. They don't strike out a ton, but this should be just a spot that Eric Lauer can go out and pitch six really solid innings. He pitched six innings against them on opening their opening day and uh, put up 20.5 fantasy points. I think that... We see the same type of start here. They haven't let Eric Lauer pitch a lot of pitches deep into a game. His most is 75. So I'm hoping we see maybe 80 to 85 here. Um, you know, that second start against Arizona, got beat up a little bit in that start. So he's taken six days off here. I'm hoping we see a little bit more in the pitch count um, department. But this team just really bad against lefties, really only worrying about Longoria, Posey. It may be Pilar, but again, you got to remember this is one of the best pitchers' ballparks in baseball. It's really hard to hit home runs in this ballpark. Um, Madison Bumgarner on the other side. You know, San Diego, a team that we picked on for years. Uh, they're a team that was not that good for years. But looking at his lineup, it's just, a, it's just a much better lineup. I know Madison Bumgarner went out and pitched a really solid game against them on opening day. And if you want to play him here, I, I won't hate on it. Um, you just look at this lineup. Myers, Machado, Reyes, Renfro, Tatis. Um, they have some really good right-handed bats. Even Ian Kinsler and Hedges. You know, really outside of Hosmer, all these guys can hit left-handed pitching. So as much as I don't mind playing Bumgarner, I will throw caution at the wind just because of how many guys in this lineup are, are really solid. Again, anytime you have a guy that throws a cutter a lot, like Bumgarner, you know you want to look at the sample size uh, for these guys against cutters. It's a very small sample size, but they've been really, really solid against uh, cutters. Uh, low strikeout rates outside of Reyes, who he strikes out against anything, so that doesn't really matter. As far as hitters go in this game, you know San Diego, it's against Bumgarner. It's certainly a contrarian stack that nobody will be looking at here, and they're really cheap. Um, you know, Renfro's 39. Reyes is 39. Machado's 42. Myers is 42. You could build your whole stack under 4,200 here um, for San Diego. And it's five guys that all have upside. It's just a, it's a terrible ballpark. If it was in a different ballpark, I really could get behind this stack. But I don't mind maybe playing like a Renfro or a Tatis, uh, just cheaper guys, um, maybe as one-offs, just, you know, to get some salary relief and just the the upside. As far as San Francisco goes, I want nothing to do with these guys, you know. I think Longoria at 38 is not the worst play in the world, but I'm not going to go there. All these guys are really cheap. Pilar at thirty-eight is okay, but you know he is just—he's really off to a slow start this season. So until he starts hitting, I'm just not going to play him. Different ballpark. I really would like the San Diego stack a little bit more, but I really think both these pitchers are in play, just given the ballpark and you know the options on this slate. Last but certainly not least, nice, we got Milwaukee at LA somehow the angels are a favorite against Milwaukee here. Eight and a half total. Chassine against Cahill. <laughs> um starting with Chassine. Jasine is actually a really interesting tournament play here, depending on the lineup. Um when we look at Chassin's numbers from last season. He was a guy that showed really, really good numbers against righties and struggled against lefties. Well, if you think about this lineup, they are stacked with righties. Trout, Simmons, Pujols, Lucroys, Cozart. You know, Calhoun and Bohr worry me, but I think just seems interesting if you see a lot of righties in this lineup and you want to be different with your pitchers here. He has the strikeout upside. He can win you a tournament. He can go for 20, 25 points here. And uh, should have pretty low ownership against the Angels um, in this spot. Cahill, I don't think I could play Cahill here. I do think Cahill an interesting play normally. It's just Milwaukee is hitting everything right now. Um, you know, Cahill was a guy that limited the damage last season got a lot of ground balls use the sinker to get those ground balls but faces a team that can hit sinkers outside of lorenzo kane lorenzo kane and ryan braun have struggled against sinkers uh for the last few years now so if you want to fade braun and kane i don't hate it um in this spot but like when you look at Ustakis and Grendahl. Grendahl, one of the one of the better hitters against Sinkers in baseball. Um, Travis Shaw hits Sinkers really well. Yelich hits Sinkers really well. I just I always worry about Yelich against ground ball pitchers. I like Yelich against fly ball pitchers. Um you know it's, if you ever listen to baseball podcast last year, I always talked about that. So Cahill gets a lot of ground balls. Um I don't think he's the worst play on the slate, considering that he's seventy one hundred. And has strikeout upside. It's just I could see him getting blown up in the spot, and that worries me for sure. Uh, as far as the bats go, I kind of just talked about him. Um, really like the spot for Yasmani Grandal. I love playing him against guys that throw sinkers. If Eric Thames cracks the lineup, he's a guy that hits sinkers really well. Mustakas Shaw, um, could potentially look at a, a little mini stack here. Maybe you know a three-man stack for Milwaukee. They've been hitting the ball really well. And you're getting them kind of at a discount here compared to where they should be, you know, w- with how well they've been hitting. Um, as far as the Angels go, I know seems really good against righties, but Mike Trout's one of the hottest hitters in baseball. Um, five home runs over the last four games, just went on an absolute tear. 5,700, I'm probably going to pass here on Trout um, with as good as Chastain is against righties. And as expensive as Trout is on this slate, I don't see myself using him. I'm never going to ever tell you not to play Mike Trout. He is the best hitter in baseball. But outside of that, like, I don't mind Calhoun if he's in the lineup. I know he was out of the lineup Sunday with a little bit of a knee bang up. So if Calhoun's out and there's another righty in that lineup or Goodwin or somebody's up towards the top of that lineup, like, I'm probably going to end up with Chassine on a tournament team or two. Um, you know, Boer, Chassine struggles against lefties, but Bohr is just off to a really, really slow start. Um, only one extra base hit now to start the season, batting 103 with a 395 OPS. So, I I think that, again, I think just seems interesting here, outside of Mike Trout, Cole Calhoun, if he's back in the lineup, um, just not going to be a spot that I attack these batters, but... That's it. That's going to wrap it up here for Monday, breaking down these baseball games. Hope everyone enjoyed a baseball podcast. Like I said earlier, we'll be back talking basketball tomorrow. I hope everyone enjoys the college basketball championship, and uh, we'll see you guys again tomorrow.